Peace, power, and prosperity family. How we doing out there? It's the Bitcoin Block Billy coming to you once again. And um, catering to those listening in right now on the New Money Matrix podcast, or will be listening in, rather. And those that be, will be watching on the Bit Patreon um, Bully page. Um, we're going to be going over a story right now that I found interesting for the simple fact that it gets into terminology and wordplay and definition now i glanced over the paragraphs the um content of the article and i looked at some of the definitions that they were giving and i also wanted to give another viewpoint or another form or definition of those same words that we'll be looking at in this article by way of using west business law and Black Law's Dictionary, the Bridge 6 edition. Now, the article is entitled, The Crypto Custody Conundrum. A conundrum is a confusing or difficult problem or a question. And they're asking, what are we even talking about? So, they're going to be getting into what is crypto custody exactly and how do you define it. For those that are actually into the space, depending on what wallet you utilize actually has a lot to say about the custody of the cryptocurrency that you may or may not actually own. For instance, those that utilize Coinbase, as a great many do, as it is one of the leading and major on-ramp, off-ramps for fiat to crypto, crypto to fiat in the world. And the fact of the matter is that through Coinbase, you do not actually own or have actual custodial rights over the cryptocurrency that is held within the wallet. In comparison to those that may be utilizing the trust wallet, whereas you are actually given a private key slash master seed denoting ownership of said wallet meaning that nobody can access that wallet without those keys those set of words that you and only you should know and hold or is you're not given that same advantage on coinbase coinbase is looked at as a managed wallet whereas even though you have the ability to interact with the currency and the fiat that may be on that wallet at any given time the management team or those that control and hold the private keys to the wallet can stop movement to whereas you cannot withdraw, deposit, or many other features within what is thought to be as your wallet. Um, I mean, a, a great example of a Coinbase wallet in the traditional market or the traditional world would be something equivalent to a bank, whereas... Even though you have put a certain denomination of notes within the bank, they're not yours. And if you have ever been in a situation whereas you did not have access to maybe your identification card and maybe tried to go to that bank and get a withdrawal without the identification card with your name and face on it, it may have been, if not difficult, impossible for you to even access that account so just think about that
is that your account? Is that your money in there if you're not able to get it out when you need to over something as that I look at as small as not having a little piece of plastic with your name and face on it? Now, that's withheld within a scenario whereas, you know, you're going to the same teller that you've seen, what, you know, over a year. And for them to tell you to your face, like, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, I may have seen you here every day for the last 365 days, but without that little piece of plastic with your name and face on it, I cannot allow you access to your funds. You know, you, you may want to ask yourself, are those then your funds that you're holding? So same thing with the Coinbase wallet to whereas if they see any type of what they may deem suspicious activity, uh, maybe you're offloading a lot more than usual. Um, maybe you're depositing a lot more than usual and they may deem it fishy. They could lock up the wallet if they so choose. So without getting too deviated, we're going to get into the story. And it goes on to state. The crypto asset sector is notorious for its confusing use of vocabulary. <laughs> this is the world period. Seriously, in what sense is a sequence of code a coin? And in the real world, wallets contain things, not intangible addresses. Now, I want to stop here and just an uh, introduction like that for anyone that does study um you know, etymology, um, grammar, um, you know, syntax grammar, any type of research into the usage of words outside of the general agreement of what those words may mean and more so into the actual meaning or etymon behind those words and what they may mean in a general sense, maybe in a legal sense. So even in the opening statement, they're letting you know that these words, as we've been using them, can mean, in our actuality, something outside of the actual definition as they were meant to. So, I mean, words such as coin and wallet. What sense is a sequence code a coin? And how do you hold intangible addresses inside a wallet? You know? And it just goes on to, you know, to show the facts that we may be reading, but it doesn't mean that we totally know how to read. Um, this can be said of the word custody. A complicated word at best. The traditional common law definition is being applied to assets, with the result that most investors believe it means the same thing, which is the authorized safekeeping of property rights. And they're saying that it doesn't. So... Let's head over to West Business Law and see if we have custody here within the glossary. See if we got the definition of the word custody. Let's see. We're now looking. It's not in the in the glossary of. The West Business Law Book, but we're now looking in Black Law's Dictionary, and we do have the word custody. The word custody is defined as the care and control of a thing or person. Understand what the word person means also. The keeping, guarding, care, watch, inspection 
preservation, or security of a thing, and you need to understand what a thing is, carrying with it the idea of the thing being within the immediate personal care and control of the person to whose custody it is subjected. Immediate charge and control, and not the final absolute control of ownership, implying responsibility for the protection and preservation of the thing in custody. Also, the detainer of a man's person by virtue of lawful process or authority. And interesting how they use the term a man's person. What is a man's person? But that's a whole other story. So, anyways, that's the definition of the word custody. Um, and we have a, 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 a couple of other, you know, more in-depth definitions that we're not going to get into within the Black Falls Dictionary. So, going on with the story, it goes on to state, This confusion is even more damaging than other misconceptions. As custody is not only an integral part of the security of an investor's holdings, it is also a fundamental aspect of the emerging regulatory framework. What's more, the confusion is being overlaid onto an already baffling web of protections around the concept of asset custody which highlights the colossal complication of establishing uniform rules and expectations. Solutions that employ best practices are emerging, which should reassure institutional investors interested in crypto assets. But without greater clarity on what we're even talking about, it is unlikely that a coherent framework will emerge in the short term, adding a further layer of risk into a compelling alternative investment. C is for custody. First, let's look at the official definition of the word. Oh, wait, there isn't one. Custody is not a legal term of art, which means that it does not have a specific definition. Interesting, as hmm, we actually found a legal definition held within the Black Laws Dictionary. Though it does go on to state, in Black Law's Dictionary, the term is very elastic and may mean actual imprisonment or physical detention or mere power, legal or physical, or imprisoning of or taking manual possession. Within statute requiring the petitioner to be in custody to be entitled to federal habeas corpus, relief does not necessarily mean actual physical detention in jail or prison but rather is synonymous with the restraint of liberty. Quite confusing, right? Accordingly, persons on probation or parole or released on bail or on recognizance have been held to be in custody for purpose of habeas corpus proceedings. So that's a more in-depth definition of custody coming out of Black Law's 6th edition. Abridged, that is. And here they're saying that there is no specific definition. Let's go on with the story. The term could refer to a legal relationship, or it could be used generically to imply the holding of an asset. Treatment of the concept differs between and even within states, and federal application is often different again, as we just read through black laws. Custody can imply transference of ownership or merely third-party authorization and does not always come with the guarantee of protection in case of custodian default. 
Confusingly, we all tend to think we understand what custody means, but we don't, as many other words. Even official agencies often apply to the term inconsistently. One aspect most seem to agree on, however, is that custody implies the holding of something. In a 2003 amendment to the Investment Advisory Act of 1940, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, just one of the many official bodies that oversees custody of investment assets, attempted a, a formal definition. An advisory has custody of client assets when it holds directly or indirectly client funds or securities or has any authority to obtain possession over them. Meaning, for example, if an individual has shared with you their private key to one of their wallets, and there is some sort of agreement between the two of you to whereas you will be able to utilize, move, transfer, quote-unquote control these funds on behalf of the individual that gave you their private keys, you would be looked at as having custody, though you may not have as yet moved any currency or any units. It goes on to state, but this still falls short of specifying what custody is. By focusing on the word holds, we can start to glimpse how crypto assets can send this definition and all other that rely on the pillars of ownership and trust into a spin. So I want to hold off for one second and I want to see if we have a definition of the word hold in the legal def uh, dictionary. So let's see here. We do have hold, hold in due course. Okay, we do have hold. We have the verb. We have the noun. The verb is to possess in virtue of a lawful title. Interesting. To possess in virtue of a lawful title. As in the expression, common in grants, to have and to hold, or in that applied to notes. The owner and holder or to be the grantee or tenant of another to take or have an estate from another properly to have an estate on condition of paying rent or performing service. And then you have a couple of different um, breaks down to a judge to maintain to bind or obligate to administer to prosecute to possess to keep see also ownership and possession. Now, we also have the noun of the word hold, which is to retain possession. No, excuse me. In old English law, tenor, a word constantly occurring in conjunction with others as freehold, leasehold, copyhold, etc., but rarely met within the separate form, meaning that it was not usually implemented or used by itself it was usually accompanied with a, another word we go on to the first definition that they are going to get into on the article which is c is for complication <laughs> for the purpose of conversation we'll be focusing on bitcoin 
It currently dominates the crypto asset market and serves as the gateway for most investors given its relative liquidity and variety of on-ramps. Ownership of traditional assets tends to rely on ledger entries. And remember, the blockchain is a distributed ledger. On some computer somewhere, you are listed as the owner of a certain asset. It doesn't matter who holds the database. Only you are the owner. Once again, ownership of traditional assets tend to rely on ledger entries, meaning individuals putting entries onto a ledger. On some computer somewhere, though, you are listed as the owner of a certain asset, and it doesn't matter who holds that database. You are the only owner. Bitcoin, however, is a bearer asset and as such has no names attached. Instead, Bitcoins are associated with addresses, which in turn are associated with wallets. Once again, Bitcoin is a bearer asset. Let's look that up. What is a bearer asset exactly? And let's head over to Black Laws. Yeah, this is going to be a pretty drawn out um, build today for those that are listening in. And this is pretty much how I read everything now. I really don't just read or bl- glance over anything. Any words that I come across that I may not be familiar with, I'm, I am, and I will look them up. So let's see, bearer asset. We have bearer bond. And the bearer is a person in possession of an instrument, document of title, or security payable to bearer or endorsed in blank, which is UCC 1-201. When a check... A note, which is what a dollar is, draft, etc., is payable to bearer. It imports that such shall be payable to any person who may present the instrument for payment. Over here we have a bearer instrument or bearer bond as a type of fixed income security in which no ownership information is recorded. And the security is issued in physical form to the purchaser. The holder is presumed to be the owner and whoever is in possession of the physical bond is entitled to the coupon payment. Interesting. They're talking about money here, or what we think is money. So, it goes on to say that Bitcoin is a bearer asset. And as such, has no names attached. Interesting, as we just read. Instead, Bitcoins are associated with addresses, which in turn are associated with wallets. The assets themselves don't live in the wallet, nor in a central depository, nor in the account of the issuer. They live on the Bitcoin blockchain, a decentralized global network with no identifiable accountability. Whoever holds the private key to those wallets owns the Bitcoin and that he or she has the exclusive right to move them. Again, no names or proofs of ownerships are necessary. The possession of the private key is enough. And I haven't gotten all the way into this article yet, but one way that I myself tend to look at wallets and the individual that is able to utilize the wallet in a sense is almost 
in the capacity of like a trust, an agreement, to whereas you, in my opinion, can look at you as owning the units that are within the wallet, but in my opinion, it's more so the wallet that owns the currency or holds ownership to the currency, and you have the ability to maneuver or move that currency from said wallet somewhere else, almost acting in a position of a trustee over a trust, to whereas the trust actually owns the property, but you as trustee are able to administer it and maneuver the property and move it from, you know, place to place. All the while, you know what, now nah, because then the ownership would leave from that wallet. Hmm. It's interesting when you look at all this from a, a traditional aspect. Let's get into this. Let's get, let's get, because I'll get to going way far left. So let's continue. Um, it go on to say, what do we leave off at? Whoever holds the private key. Okay. So how do you confer custody without handing over or sharing the private key? But if you hand over the private key, you effectively hand over ownership, right? It is a cust it, it, if a custodian has equal access to the code that can move your Bitcoin, it, not he or she, it has as much ownership as you do. Custody is generally understood to be about holding something of yours on your behalf. That's a, 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 a almost like a trust relationship. You're the beneficiary. Even though you're holding it for yourself, you're, you're still holding it for the benefit of yourself. Um, we're getting into C for consent. Multi-sig, which you may be familiar with of a multi-sig wallet, multi-signature wallet. Options protect your Bitcoin to the extent that more than one private key signature is needed for a transaction. But that also implies a sacrifice of ownership. Your custodian could not move your Bitcoin without your consent. But nor could you move it without your custodian's, your custodian's consent. Sure, a custodian can commit by contract to recognize that although they hold the asset, they recognize that it is really yours. But then trust comes into the equation. What if the custodian disappears? In theory... Traditional securities can be returned to their rightful owners in case of custodian default. With Bitcoin, there's little reassurance that that will happen, especially since regulatory protections are scant. Now, just to stop right here, that is why one reason within the decentralized finance space, um, specifically on the Ethereum blockchain, they now have insurance that insures smart contracts in case of default due to hack, error in code, etc. So, I mean, we're in a, 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 a new space now where the innovations that are coming in are next to amazing. Um, story goes on to state, part of the reason is that global accepted standards do not yet exist. Associations such as the GDF are drafting best practices in collaboration with industry participants. But, Agreement on the detail and the application will take time. And they do have a link. Let's see what article they have. Okay, so now the custody working group has produced crypto assets, safekeeping a press best practice group for custodians of crypto assets. The working group will progress to drafting 
GDF Code of Conduct Principles for Custody and Custodians for Delivery in Q2 of 2019. Interesting working group shares. And what exactly is the GDF? Let me see. What is this? Global Digital Finance, okay, is an industry membership body that promotes the adoption of best practices for crypto assets and digital finance technologies through the development of conduct standards in a shared engagement forum with market participants, policymakers, and regulators. Okay, H-stars. Okay, so moving right along, C is for consumer. In an attempt to add clarity, in July... The Securities and Exchange Commission and FINRA issued a joint statement highlighting concerns about the custody of digital securities by broker-dealers. And let's stop real quick. And FINRA is the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. Financial Industry Regulatory Authority and the Securities Exchange Commission. And they both issued a joint statement highlighting concerns about the custody, excuse me, the custody of digital securities by broker dealers. They pointed out that the application of customer protection rule, which protects a client's holdings in the event of a broker dealer collapse, is unlikely to apply in the case of crypto assets. Even if a holder shares private keys with a custodian, how does the custodian know that others don't also have access? With, it, with this possibility, how can it ensure safekeeping? How can it be certain that the client's access point can't be compromised? Meaning that even though an individual may put you in charge of managing their assets and may state that only you and they have the private key which opens up access to those assets, what if? What if? They were compromised and may have shared that information with somebody else. Now you have a third party and possibly a fourth party, fifth party, sixth party that may have access to that wallet, which will complicate things if any type of mishap were to happen. The inability to reverse or correct transactions may be one of Bitcoin's value propositions for holders, but it is a significant concern for custodians and regulators. The statement goes even further in highlighting the barriers of disjointed definitions. A failed broker, dealer, would be liquidated in accordance with the Securities Investors Protection Act, which has a different understanding of the term security than that of the SEC. This leaves broker-dealer clients who have invested in crypto assets without protection, which the SEC is understandably uncomfortable with. Obviously, any clarity at all is better than none, but the statement is limited in that it refers to a digital securities held by broker-dealers. According to most regulators, Bitcoin is not a security, and many Bitcoin holders bypass broker-dealers by, by buying directly on exchanges. It does, however, underline the concern at regulatory level about the lack of understanding and standardization. C is for challenge. So, being a custodian for Bitcoin is totally different proposition, is a totally different proposition from being a custodian for traditional assets, and yet we persist in using the same word. 
This makes it harder for newcomers to the sector to get their heads around the nature of this new asset class. Notice they called it an asset class and not a currency, not money. It also makes it even harder for regulators to establish a coherent framework when the standard understanding of ownership and liability, fundamental pillars of the custody concept, crumble under the crypto lens. Symbolic words such as coin and wallet have good intentions. They give us a frame of reference. But in the case of custody, the misplaced metaphor adds to confusion more than it subtracts. And I like how they said that symbolic words, as all words are just symbolisms, every line, lump, curve is just a symbol. And these symbols create pictures in our mind. So really what we're reading is symbols and pictures. But anyways, symbolic words such as coin and wallet have good intentions. They give us a frame of reference, meaning that the majority of words that we do use, not even the majority, all words that we use are agreed upon agreements. Just for example, the word tree. The word tree is only the word tree in a certain language. Now, everyone agrees that in different languages, it all means this object that we all are looking at, though the word tree is not the name of said object. It's just an agreed upon agreement so that we have something to use in reference to give us a familiarity when speaking to one another. Such as if you were speaking to somebody that didn't speak your language and each one of you didn't know the other's language, you wouldn't understand what you're speaking on, even though you may be speaking on the same subjects. Just something interesting to think about when you, you know, think about the origin of words. Throughout history, the development of technology has easily outstripped the emergence of a vocabulary that fits the new concepts. Metaphors are implied to facilitate comprehension, and they usually work. Often, the expropriated words change in meaning thanks to their new applications. What do web and net mean to you today? Very interesting because at one point in time, the word web and net meant, I mean, totally different definitions of what one, especially a millennial, would think today. In fact, one such word that has reemerged, which now has me thinking of what this word once meant way back when, is the word troll. The word troll, after so many years of being in folklore or mythology or whatever you want to call it, maybe history, was looked at as, quote unquote, a creature and, you know, something of fairy tales and books, has now reemerged in this new space, the web, the net, as a troll or an unwanted creature to one's commenting and the such. So it's interesting how that said word is back around and it now has a different definition than it may have one once had. But in a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, how will that new civilization look back on how we use the word troll? You know, just a lot of stuff that be circling around in my mind when I'm looking at these words and how we use them. Anyways, sometimes the semiotics, yeah, the semiotics enroaches the semi semiotics. Hmm. Let me see. Make sure I'm using this word correctly. I do apologize. Let me see. Semiotics. Yeah, semiotics. It's the study of signs and symbols and their use of interpretation. Interesting. So the semi but sometimes the semiotics encroaches encroaches onto areas where vocabulary needs to be specific in order to have impact. That of law. And all law is specific. Always remember that there is no way there's any general this or that in any law. All law is specific. 
The use of the term custody to refer to the authorized safekeeping of private keys and custodian to refer to the provider of this service, areas which call for the comfort of regulatory protection are prime examples. Coming up with a new term might help. It might even set a precedent. For those who don't know what precedent is, it is basically the first time something has enough um, power. Back, hold on. An act in the past which may be used as an example to help decide the outcome of similar instances in the future. A decided case which is cited or used as an example to justify a judgment in the subsequent case in the aforementioned thing. On how specific, how established specific definitions to use across jurisdictions and mandates could facilitate and strengthen oversight. But a systematic barrier is the fragmented nature of financial regulation in the U.S. and elsewhere. Who will decide on that new term and its definition? That's another very, very interesting question. Who gets to decide what these words mean in their standing? Not all barriers are insurmountable. However, with no such, with so much at stake, coordination could perhaps be achieved. Excuse me. Meanwhile, the sector continues to mature. In the case of Bitcoin and similar crypto assets. The problem is not so much that crypto custody is so different from traditional security custody. It is that we're trying to fit a new concept into an old box that doesn't have the same dimensions. <laughs> I love the word. Imagine you were a kid and you had the, the top or the toy where you had the shapes, the square, the triangle, the star, the circle. And you're trying to put a square into the star shape or a star into the triangle shape. Not going to work. So, family... With that being said, I hope this article was not too confusing, though you may want to go back and listen to it once, twice, three. They say you got to listen to something, I believe, seven or nine times, and maybe seven times before you really overstand, understand, and understand exactly what may be uh, being said. Until the next video, until the next podcast, this is the Bitcoin Block Bully. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. I am out of here.